I thought I'd start off this podcast with a riddle. The spare tire asked his four friends if he could have a chance to do what they do. What am I talking about? Here's another one here. The brown shoes said to the black tux, I feel odd. Something is wrong with me. You ever felt like a spare tire in the trunk, not able to run with the other wheels of life? Maybe you felt like a pair of brown shoes on a black tux. Well, what I want to talk about today is divorce. And if you have been divorced, you know what I am talking about. All of a sudden, you are outside the camp, not a part of the herd. You're a spare tire in the trunk now, not four wheels on the ground. Or you may feel like a pair of brown shoes on a black tux. Divorce is one of the most painful experiences in life. And the aftermath can leave you lost, hurting, and tempted to walk away from the faith. In this podcast, I want to share with you six keys that will help you endure an unwanted divorce. And that is the title of the podcast, Six Keys for Enduring an Unwanted Divorce. And if you want to read this article, you are welcome to do that. There is an article on the website. Our website is rickthomas.net. And hello, I am Rick Thomas. Thank you for joining me for Your Daily Drive, this podcast where we or where I talk about some of the more difficult things in life. I've had many people over the years to say the things you deal with are not things that are commonly talked about in our local churches. Well, I'm sad about that, but also know that that is true. As I have said, I live on the underside of Christianity, the the underbelly of Christianity, that part that doesn't see a whole lot of light. The unmentionables, the things that we don't like to talk about, and many times we skirt around these topics and we live above ground on the surface of Christianity where the light is shining, but Well, we're not perfected yet. Things happen. Lives fall apart. People get divorced, and we need to talk about it. And so we do. The Bible does have everything we need for life and godliness. The question for us is, are we going to bring our all-sufficient Scripture to everything that is going on in our lives? And divorce is real. It's no respecter of couples especially Christian couples, it doesn't matter. Christians get divorced as easily as those who do not name the name of Christ. And so when it does happen, and by the way, in line with full disclosure, this is my story, but many of you know that. My wife, we separated in 1988. It's been almost 30 years now. We were divorced two years later. And it was, without question, not even, nothing remotely comes close to the horribleness of it, the pain, the fallout. And even to this day, 30 years later, it's, it's still felt. It's still part of my life, and it will always be part of my life. And so it was the worst thing that ever happened. But what I want to talk about in this podcast is how you can 
turn an unwanted divorce into something transformative, something redemptive. And this ministry that you are benefiting from and the resources that you consume on a daily basis are, well, they were born in the crucible of suffering. They came in large part because of that event, which was a decade-long event, as far as the difficulties, the acuteness of it. Even though it's still ongoing today, the acuteness of it was about a decade. And through that decade, God shaped me in that crucible of suffering, and out of that came a ministry, this ministry here. And so while I look back on those times with sadness, regret, a lot of disappointment, so many mistakes that I made, I also see God's handiwork. I see how he had been weaving a plan through that and painting a picture, and and this ministry is partially fulfilled. It's a partial painting of what God did uh, through that unwanted divorce. And so I share these things not because they are good ideas, but they are ideas that were birthed in the crucible of suffering, and they are they are practical, and they helped me. These are some of the things that I learned during a season that I truly hated. And so if you want to read a transcript of this podcast, you can do that. The title of it, again, Six Keys for Enduring an Unwanted Divorce. And I would encourage you, if you do discipleship, soul care, if you are caring for a couple that you would, or an individual, that you would use this and that you would share it with them to help encourage them, I hope. And then if that person or you, if you have questions about what's going on with them and you want some help, well, we are a come-alongside ministry. That's what we do. We come alongside people, and I would love to come alongside you. I just received an email in between podcasts. I'm doing two podcasts right now to get some recording done, and I checked my email as I was finishing up one and getting ready to start this one, and I saw a an email in the inbox uh, from a guy in the northern United States asking about a couple that he is discipling. I didn't read it all. I'll read it later. But I scanned through it. But the point is, is that what we do is we're come alongside ministry. And so if you want some help, we do that. If you have access to the internet, you can receive that help. Divorce is a big deal. And If it's going to happen, as far as working through it, it needs to happen in community. And if we can be part of your community, we would love to do that. If you have walked through a divorce, then I I don't need to explain my riddles to you. You feel my riddles. You know you're a spare tire in the back of a trunk. You know you're a pair of brown shoes on a a tuxedo. You're, You're too divorced to be single and to divorce to be married and you're in that that in-between place where it's just it's just a yucky place to be divorce is a different pain of the soul and if you did not ask for it the pain is even deeper i know some people will listen to this podcast and say it's not that bad if you knew the person i was married to well i i understand what you're saying but at the end of the day There are no winners in a divorce. The children lose God's design for complementary parental leadership. 
the spouses lose God's intent for something good. The church takes a hit as a restoring community. And the biggest loss of all is the glory due to the Lord is shrouded by sin's momentary victory. There are no winners in divorce. Divorce is not God's way. From Genesis to Revelation, the Lord is pointing out a or plotting out a plan to redeem broken people. The overarching storyline of the Bible is, is restoration. Sinful people being overcome by the Lord and put back together by the power of his gospel. That is the overarching storyline of the Bible. Divorce is one of many of the devil's devices to tear away at the Lord's gospel. It flies in the face of what is good and right while mocking what our Redeemer says he can do. I have described divorce like an amputee, reaching down to scratch his leg only to remember he has no leg Divorce is a surreal experience that is hard to explain. The Lord put man and woman together, and nothing is supposed to tear them apart. Then the first couple sinned. For the first time in human history, there were possibilities on the table that could break up a marriage. There weren't possibilities before. They were going to live together forever as one flesh. But one of those possibilities became death after the first couple sinned. Now they were going to die, and they would separate eventually. And since Adam's fall, people are born to die. And, and one of the consequences of death is obviously the dissolution of our marriages. But the second possibility is divorce. Because of sin, humanity no longer has to wait until a spouse dies to separate from their covenant. Sin presents a quicker, though deceptive, do-over for those who, who don't like what they have. And as I encourage you to share this podcast and share the article with someone who is going through a divorce, I would also encourage you to share it with a couple who's thinking about divorce. May God use this podcast and this article to, to cause a couple to not go down that road. I, I realize when you're living with someone who is just unbelievably difficult, and you have an awful marriage, divorce looks like a big and wide door. But before you go down that road, there are just red flags everywhere, and you need to take heed, and you need sound counsel, and you need community. And maybe this podcast and article can be part of that advice as you you contemplate your future actions. But death and Divorce are two sinful possibilities, and they both are painful. They are radical surgery, which feels like the ripping apart of the flesh, and that's the analogy there. God put them together as one flesh, and it feels like a ripping away of the flesh. When God puts two people together to form one flesh, and someone or something comes along and cuts the union apart, it is an indescribable pain. And because the pain is spiritual, it cannot be measured, fully repaired, or quickly soothed. You can't put a Band-Aid on it. It's not like you can apply a healing balm to your wound or cover it with a bandage and expect the pain to go away quickly. That's not how this spiritual pain, if I can use those words, that's not how it works. It's more like a haunting shadow that meets you at every turn. 
No matter what you do or where you go, you're no longer attached to your spouse. Your flesh is dangling out there in society somewhere, a constant and unrelenting reminder of what went wrong and what you can't fix replaces your covenantal partner. That is your new companion, those deathly reminders. There are a thousand questions about divorce, and this podcast is not going to exhaust them, not by a long shot. But in this podcast, I'm, I'm just dealing with one question. How do you endure an unwanted divorce and the accompanying rejection? If this is you, this article is for you. If you know someone like this, feel free to share this article and the podcast with them. Let's get into those six keys. Number one, walk by faith. Don't ever forget God is good. It sounds simple, but I have been tempted many times in my life to lose my way when going through the slaw of despond. I'm, I'm quoting Pilgrim's Progress. The Lord will not give you a map for what you're going through, but he will make you a compass. He will not tell you all the dangers, toils, and snares you will have to go through, but he will tell you who to follow. If the Lord gave you a well-mapped-out path for you to walk, you would be tempted to place your faith in what you know rather than the one you know And so whether it's going through a divorce or any other difficulty, it is important to know this. We always want to know the answer. We always want to know the next steps. We always want to know how is this thing going to end. It doesn't work that way. Because our life is a life of faith, but the faith has to be placed in a person, not a plan, not in a known outcome. And so God will not tell you how this thing is going to end, but he's going to ask you to walk by faith. Your divorce kicked your faith in the teeth. You're looking for answers that will never come. Your call, like my call, is to follow God. Nobody knows the specifics of their future, but all of us should be aware that we will be okay if we are mindful of the fact that the Lord is in our messes. You're going to be okay. The Lord is working his plan in your life. Take your soul to task moment by moment. Remind and re-remind yourself that the Lord is good and he has a good plan for you. The first key is walk by faith. Number two, God is love. The father loved his son and he crushed his son. Listen to what I'm saying. The conjunction and, A-N-D, joins two amazing and profound ideas, the love of God with personal suffering. Let me say it again. The father loved his son, and he crushed his son. Isaiah 53.10 says it was the will of God to crush him. Sometimes we become confused on what the love of God is supposed to be like in our lives. A call to suffer can rattle our finite minds. How can the Lord be loving when so much pain is allowed into my life? How can the Lord be good when there is evil all around me? Well, you're going to find your answers in your parallel universe. Do you know you live in a parallel universe? Let me share that universe with you. Number one, up above, you have your sovereign God working his plans that nobody can thwart. 
That's the first parallel that's above your head. It is it is sovereign God working his plan in your life, and nobody's going to upset these plans. To make it a parallel universe, you also live down below. You're living on earth with a lot of evil, and the pain seems to have one goal, to decimate you. And so you have to determine where you're going to place the accent mark on sovereign God and what he is doing or the evil in your life that's trying to decimate you. You have to live in the parallel. We all do, by the way. Joseph said that in Genesis 50, 20, talking to his brothers. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. There is that functional parallel. Where you direct your thoughts will have a lot to do with how you live as a divorced person. If the evil that has come into your life is bigger than the Lord of your life, you will drown in sorrow, regret, and anger. But if by the grace of God you force your focus on the creator and sustainer of the universe, you will be able to navigate through this with a greater victory. The good news is you will get through this regardless The Lord does not start stuff he can't finish. Number two is God is love, but you probably, more than likely, are going to have to rethink what love really means. Six keys for an unwanted divorce. One, walk by faith. Two, God is love. Three, you are normal. You're not a spare tire in a trunk. You're not a pair of brown shoes on a black tux. You're not any different from any other person in your world. I would like for you right now to repeat after me, no matter what you're going through, divorce or not, no matter what you're going through, say these three words, I am normal. You are. God does not have different rooms for different kinds of failures. He has one room and we're all in it because we're all failures Romans 3, there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. People walking around in the darkness do not compare or classify themselves as better than others. That is unwise thinking. There's only one room. There's only one kind of people. We're all fallen. You are normal. In Luke 18, 11, we have this. It's really good, even though... The story is sad, but it's good in that we can realize and be aware that that we're all the same. We don't want to be like this is what I'm saying. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Don't be like that. You are normal. Perchance you bump into someone who has a list for sin stratification where he ranks you as a lower class of human being. Let me give you a piece of advice. Your friends will always love you and your enemies never will. That Pharisee standing there that day is never going to love that tax collector, not as long as he has that attitude. And so if people have this sin stratification paradigm working in their lives, move on. Because your friends will always love you. Those type of people never will. Do not fall into the trap of thinking you have lost value in God's world. Though some people may believe that you belong on a lesser rung on the ladder, that's not how God views you. And to think otherwise would be heretical. It really would. Strong word. 
but it's true. If you are God's child and you are perfect because of the incredible power of the gospel, your sins, all of them, including whatever happened during your marriage and divorce, have been placed on Christ. He has become sin for you so you could be made righteous in him, by him, because of him. Number three, you are normal. Number four, you are qualified. You're being shaped by the Lord to become one of the most used vessels in his kingdom. Though you may not perceive it at this moment, the Lord is doing a deep work in your soul. He is giving you a gift that you do not want, the gift of suffering. But it will be a gift that you will cherish forever. Only the person who dies is used well by the Lord. That's what Jesus said in John 12, 24, except you die. Let me read the whole verse to you because it's really good. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. You're dying. I do not need to tell you this, but let me say it anyway. God is systematically, incrementally, and progressively putting you to death. Let me give you a snapshot into your future if, if you've not already experienced it. There will come a day when you will sit across from a hurting soul. This person will be, deep, will be deep in pain. They will be looking for a drop of hope from God's well. You will be God's gift to them. You'll be able to walk them through like nobody else because you have walked that path yourself. What I'm describing to you is at the heart of the gospel. Christ died for you so you could experience victory. You are dying so that others can experience victory in an echo kind of way. You are mirroring, mirroring this gospel reality. You're dying so you can be a gift to others. That day may seem a long way off. I don't know. But what I do know is this. One, the, the Lord does not waste pain. Two, the Lord can use sin sinlessly. And three, the Lord will give beauty for ashes Let's put this in context for just a moment. I gave you a, a, a short, brief, historical snapshot of my life, and here I am doing a podcast trying to help people. The Lord is using this ministry to help people all over the globe. Point number four, you are qualified. God is prepping you. Number five, don't ever forget. Do not forget the pain. Take copious notes of what the Lord is doing deep in your soul today. Why do I say that? Because he is qualifying you for ministry. You don't want to forget because he's qualifying you. You may not know the way he is taking you, but I do. It may sound like Job, but it's more than that. This is what Job said when he was in the middle of it. Job said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. And then Job said, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. That's why I said, you might not know the way that you're going, but I do. You're going to come out as gold. In Mark 1.12, we find an amazing verse. It says this, the Spirit immediately drove him, Jesus, into the wilderness. What is so amazing about this verse is its timing. 
The Lord had just finished 30 years of living in submission to Joseph and Mary, and in this scene, he was in the Jordan, finally being baptized by John. And from all appearances, it seemed he was ready for ministry. After he came out of the water, the dove came down. The Father spoke from heaven. It appears to me that the next thing on the redemption calendar would be for Jesus to spread the hope of the gospel. Not so. The next thing that happened to him was 40 days in the wilderness with wild beasts and temptations from Satan. Honestly, I never saw it coming. In a sense, it is where you are, in the desert, tempted and tried. But while you are in the desert, I want you to listen to this verse. This is Mark 1.13. It says the angels were ministering to him. Please don't forget the rest of the story. Just like Elijah on the side of Mount Carmel, the Lord had his angels ministering to Jesus. He is with you, too, because he has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. Learn the lessons of suffering well. Elijah came out of his funk to anoint three future leaders who were central in the de demise of evil in the kingdom. Jesus came out of the wilderness and changed the world. And you can come out of your pain and find usefulness in yet-to-be-perceived ways from the Lord. So don't forget these days Take copious notes. God's doing a great work. And finally, number six, expect failure. Remember, you don't have to have a map for this, but you do have a compass. Trust God. He has you on an incredible and dangerous journey that can reap a bountiful harvest if you choose to follow him through this death. And for the record, you will fail you have to fail. If you worked flawlessly through a divorce, you would not need the Lord. He is calling you to do what you cannot do with resources you do not have so he can make himself significant in your life as well as in the lives of others. In Matthew 14, 29, the Lord called Peter to do what he could not possibly do, to walk on water. If somebody asks you to walk on water, expect failure. You can't do it. If you're called to walk through a divorce, expect failure. You can't do that well either. But it's not about you doing it well. It's about you trusting the Lord. Remember the rebuke Jesus gave to Peter was about his faith on that dark and stormy night. It wasn't about his perfection. It wasn't about walking on the water. It was about his faith. Point your compass north to Jesus and walk that way. He has you right where he wants you. Your divorce may have been a surprise to you, but it was not a surprise to God. When Mary and Martha were struggling with the sad death of their brother, Lazarus, the Lord made a remarkable statement. He said this in John 11, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. Jesus was telling his friends that their brother was dead and he was glad because he was going to do something remarkable, resurrect a dead situation for God's glory, for their good, and so many would believe. You're in an impossibly hard situation, but here's the good news. The Lord can do a lot of redemptive work through you. You only have one question to answer. Will I follow him through this trial? And I know what I'm talking about, and I know that this is impossibly difficult. We would love to walk with you through this. We would love to be a come-alongside friend. And if you want to discuss what you're going through with a divorce, 
If you uh, are not a supporting member, you can get a free an account, and you can go on our free public forum and ask questions. If you are a supporting member, go to our private forums and ask your questions there. I'll finish this by asking you a few questions in the CTA of this podcast, the call to action. Number one, what is the hardest thing about being divorced? Think about that. If you're a writer, if you keep a journal, maybe it would be good to write that out. Number two, what do you believe the Lord wants you to learn from this disappointment? Question number three, as you reflect on God's sovereign purposes, what do you think God is planning for your life? You won't be able to answer that in detail, but what do you perceive God may be planning through this, even in such a subjective way or subjective state that you may be in right now? And then number four, are you finding hope through God's strength? Is God's strength being perfected in your weakness? And again, if we can help you, please let us do that. Read this article. I have three other articles linked in it. God is systematically putting you to death, a detailed study on self-reliance, and then finally, how to separate well from your spouse. You can read all three of those articles as well. So what I'm saying here is I have 8,000 words right here uh, in this one article that you can read, and it will bolster you. It will begin to lay a foundation that will help you. There's no quick fix. There's no quick fix. But what you need are reminders, and you need to let God's Word practically applied soothe through your mind and to be able to rush over your thoughts to wash out these difficulties and hurts that are going on right now. Let us know how we can serve you, and it would be a joy to do so. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.